This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Uh, this is part of my series of podcasts dealing with the city election and city council candidates. My guest on this podcast is Todd Zimmerman, city councilor at large. He has been in that post since Fishers became a city in 2015. Todd, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate having me. And uh, Mike Fossil, a former teacher at Fishers Junior High and sponsor of the We the People team that won several national championships. And uh, he is here with me to, to help out with the questioning. Thank you for joining me, Mike, today. You're welcome. Um, Todd, you've served on the Fishers City Council, as I mentioned, at large since 2015, since we've become a city. Uh, we recorded a podcast recently on your decision to seek re-election, and you did agonize a bit over that decision at that time. Not everyone heard that podcast, so if they did not, I want you to, to give you an opportunity once again to explain why you had to think it over before deciding to, to seek another term. Yeah, well, Larry, first of all, thank you for all that you do for the community and keeping everyone informed. It's it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, so uh, politics is never easy. Serving is never easy. Um, anybody that has any kind of leadership role in life in general, so whether it's elected or whether you're you're a manager at a, at a business or you're a principal at a school, it doesn't matter. It comes with the territory. So it wears you down a little bit. And at the same time, you know, I realize this is not my seat. This is the people's seat. And so I don't want to ever assume anything, you know, never want to assume that this is mine, you know, forever or whatever. So it, it was just agonizing because it's like, okay, why am I doing this? Why do I want to keep doing this? Is it worth the effort that to put into it? And I came back to the answer, yes, I need to see some things through. Well, just one follow-up to that. Uh, why do you think at this point in time, and it's not just Fishers, it's many other places, why has our political atmosphere become so toxic? I, I really pen it back – well, there's several things. First of all, national politics, people got locked inside during COVID. You know, they were, they were inside a lot. And so – you, you add those things together, the way people treat each other from both sides of the aisle, uh, the way people just treat each other just in general. And, it, and I'll tell you this, even in coaching, it's not just politics. It's easy to pin it on a person or a personality or a situation. It is, it is kind of across the board of we've lost that dignity with each other and that respect to be able to disagree with somebody fundamentally disagree with somebody and be able to go have a drink with that person that mm -hmm. night or be able to have break bread with somebody or have dinner and understand there are differences. To have a successful marriage, you have to overcome differences. This is just a relational, human relational situation that is a reality that I, I fear we're going so far overboard that it's hard for anybody that really wants to give back to want to serve. Mike Fossil. And in, in to piggyback onto that, um, Mayor Fadness in the spring had uh, posted out this uh, kind of this poll results that showed the percentage of people who valued community involvement. That it, you know, it was about sixty-eight percent eight nine years ago, plummeted down last year to twenty-seven percent. You take that, combine that with um, the findings of, out of a book like The Big Sort, where people in suburban communities are even more isolated than ever. What role do you think that 
that isolation and what is your role on the city to kind of help people out of that isolation in Fishers? Yeah, I think so. I think it goes back to a I look at my own family and go because it's kind of a we're not the same of every single person. But, you know, my kids, when I when I see devices or whatever and we isolate into our rooms or we do, you know, certain things on our own. Uh, I think that that has also that was even before what I feel is the latest flare up mm-hmm. over the last several years, and even kind of even before COVID. But COVID helped exasperate that stuff. Um, but I think it's so important. And one of the reasons go back to Larry's original question about running again. I think it's so important to be, even though I'll take shots along the way personally, it's worth it in the end to fight for community opportunities for our citizens and not just fishers but in the surrounding area and one of the things is the community or the rec center that we're getting ready to break mm-hmm. ground on uh, next month it's an opportunity to bring people back together in a fun safe atmosphere away from the dynamics of political speak and uh, divisiveness that's going on well you mentioned the uh community center, there's an event center that's already going up, City Hall, and uh, uh, Arts Center combined is, is under construction. But I do want to, when we do these kind of things, there are some other consequences. And Standard & Poor did downgrade the city's debt rating. Uh, one of their analysts cited uh, the city's, quote, growing debt burden and high fixed costs. And I'll stop the quote there. And the city has been aggressive. Uh, all the things you mentioned, uh, they're all quality of life things. But it has brought on a lot of debt uh, with with all of that. So the mayor said this downgrade was expected. How do you see it? I, I, I would agree. So it, it's uh, – have a AAA bond rating for as long as we did was extraordinary. And really to have – I think it's AAA or AA plus. Is that correct Yes, that's right the, now? the next notch yeah, down. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and I just found out about this the other day. But this is not something that isn't – it, it wasn't unexpected. It's just it's a nature of it. We, you know, when you look across the city and all municipalities, this is something that you want to make sure you have a good credit rating. You want to make sure you're you're taking care, of fisc- being fiscally responsible. But at the same time, it's an opportunity. We have to grow. We have to continue to to bring amenities to our community. And going back to uh, Mike, your your question uh, with regard to bringing people together, this is so important for us. We believe that we're in a sound financial position. Our rainy day fund as well exceeds that of what is minimally required. And I think that this is an opportunity for us to bring people together. You know, and just to jump back, and I've we were. Larry and I were talking. I've always been of the belief that people that enter into any legislative idea, there has to be a catalyst that said, I need to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, what was it about you? When did you decide or what drove you to say, I need to – tried to do this. And I know your story about when you ran the first time, you put some miles on your shoes. But what what was the thing that caused you to say, I need to be in the legislative – I wanted a. I wanted to give back, and that's too simplistic of an answer. One of it was being around this area since '89. Uh, I wanted to be part of the next chapter, and I wanted to be able to bridge the past with the future, and create a place that my family could be proud of, that our community could be proud of, and 
it, I felt like there was no greater place. It really wasn't about politics. And that's where I, I get frustrated with Republican, Democrat, divisive nature of things. Because really, when you're serving your local community, it doesn't. It's, there's not those multiple layers of things that you would get into at a state or a federal level. I just want to serve. And you can call me whatever you want to call me. I want to serve. Well, I, I'll tell you, I started covering the town of Fishers in 2012, and this is pretty clear. Even when Republicans were in charge, there were a lot of disagreements about things, and it had to do with what kind of community in which you want to live. It really wasn't so much about party or even always government philosophy. But you and I have something in common. You moved here in 1989. I moved here in 91. You're a lot younger than I, but uh, my point is that you know, uh, in 1990, the census showed the town of Fishers had a population of right around 7,500. Well, we're probably over 100,000 now. Then the 2020 census was just below 100,000. So we've grown so much since you and I both moved to this community. And with that comes a lot of diversity. This is a much more diverse community than you and I moved to uh, many years ago. With that in mind, how would you describe the state of race relations in Fishers? So, to be fair, I would I don't know. You know, it's hard to know, right? I believe it's good, but I don't want to speak from a from a you know a perspective of just me and my lens because every person has their kind of their own journey and, and and what they face in life based on some of it is based on their background. Some of it is based on what they face as they walk out the door into this world. I think it's wonderful. And the reason why I point back to that is we have come from a farming community when, when I moved here, when you moved here, basically, and have evolved into uh, an oppor- uh, community with global businesses moving here and choosing fishers. That means multiple people from different races, creeds, backgrounds, religions coming together in this melting pot. And I think there's 27 spoken languages in HSC schools, roughly. So it's I, around I might there, be yeah. off. It, go, it, goes, it changes, but it's right, around, right there. around there. That's exciting. And I feel like that if we didn't have that safe, inclusive community, people wouldn't want to move here. Businesses would go some other places because if people don't want to be here or don't feel safe here, they would go somewhere else. And it's been exciting to talk to a South Korean company, uh, Italian company that's moved here. Uh, just multiple uh, went over to the mosque the other day for a, for a meet and greet. And who would have thought a beautiful mosque in Fishers, Indiana? That you wouldn't have thought of that in 1989, absolutely not. And it was it it was just great to 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 interact. And I've coached several kids that that go there over the years, so I've got to know that community really well. And I always ask them. I use the, I take those opportunities, especially in coaching. What do you guys think about Fishers? I don't bring in the political stuff. I just ask, and they love it. We love Fishers, and so I only can take what people's word is, and also the actions. It's it's funny because all of us have been here over thirty years, and in so many ways, Fishers has become this like very modern kind of city. There's planning that going on. You can't help but go down Main Street and go, my gosh, you know what we come. But we're still a Swiss cheese city in lots of ways. You can't walk down Promise Road to Fishers High School on a contiguous sidewalk. There's no contiguous sidewalk down 126th Street to Allisonville because. We still have unincorporated areas inside of Fishers. Is there 
some way that or some plan to kind of bring fishers into fishers control? Yeah, so we the best we can. So first of all, uh, Involuntary annexations are almost impossible in the state of Indiana. Well, not only that, uh, but they're wildly unpopular. And, and they're very unpopular. But just to say, just practically, yeah. let's, if you take away the emotion of it, yeah. it's just it's just simply very, very difficult. And I believe rightfully so. I think for government to come in and take your property, really, is is not an American thing that I that I espouse to. Uh, so it it presents challenges. Uh, so the 2040 plan uh, continue to continues to evolve. We are working on evolving that walkability. We want every com- part of the community connected, and so that and bring it back to the Nickel Plate Trail. That's that's really kind of the goal: is bring east and west, north and south fishers all to a spot where they're able to utilize all of our parks, uh, trail systems, and everything. But that takes some time. So we worked like 106th Street. We worked with a neighborhood there. Uh, had to build on the other side of the road, and we're then, we, then, then there's going to be a crosswalk, and there's all these different things we're working on to sometimes get around some of the unincorporated areas that are hard for us to, to build on. Let me move to economic development because Fishers has always been aggressive with economic development uh, ever since I've lived here, but particularly in the last, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But I've been reading a lot of media coverage recently that the corporate world is becoming much more aggressive in making demands on both state and local governments wanting incentives to locate in their state or, or local area. How do you think Fishers is positioned to be competitive in that sort of competitive environment? I was the, that the answer to that question has changed over the course of the last few years, I believe. So, as a community, there has been more desire for from corporations to move here, and so they're contacting us, and they're wanting to come here which the leverage there changes, right? Instead of us having to chase down people, they're like, okay, we only have this much space left. Let's, we're not in any hurry. We're going to get the right uh, companies here, and we're not going to sell the farm for that. And so it's changed. Now, years ago, I would say probably would have been different, right? It would have been like, you know, hey, we need you know a little more incentive to get here. But it kind of started, from my perspective, it kind of started with IKEA. If I'm not mistaken, the city of Memphis, Tennessee, had to pay about $14 million in incentives, offer $14 million in incentives for IKEA to be there. When we were in, we were when we were in negotiations and and that uh, for it was like nine months or so. I had to keep quiet. I couldn't tell my wife that it was pretty, it was it was brutal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but when that was going on, I mean, at, when it came down to it, I be, if I'm recalling this correctly road impact fees we waived. There were some basic there were just some basic things that in the in the grand scheme of things was nothing compared to what other cities had to give up for something like that. And once IKEA hit Top Golf, Portillos, you know, the, the dominoes started to fall there and really led us into then the uh, the, the yard or the district. I don't recall the yard anymore, but it's the district. 
Yeah, you, there are complicated reasons as to yes. why we can't <laughs> oh, <I call> that. <laughs> the lawyers will get involved if we, if we start. We'll call it the district, Larry. There are still people that call it the yard. Well, there is, call, still, there is still a street yeah. in the complex yeah. called the yard, so we can say they're on the yard street. But I those guess. things kind of followed as dominoes that happened, and that's helped our momentum. You know, IKEA was funny because I was at a school board meeting the day before that was announced, and somebody on the school board let it slip. Didn't exactly say Ikea, but it was pretty clear what she was talking about. I was on the phone that night desperately trying to get somebody to confirm it, and then finally the announcement came out yeah. there was going to be a news conference the next oh, yeah. day. Mike? Donna, you know, your term's four years, right? And so – and I know you're a planner. I mean, all, I, all you have to do – I've known you for years and just watching what you've done with the sports programs that you're involved with, how you created really something from nothing and – in your next four years, if you had to say, I want to get three things done, what would be those three things that you want to see done in the city? Um, restore community involvement to a level and and a, a civic level, you know, civil, I should say civil yeah. level. And I think that one person can't do that. I'm, you can't, you know, I have my own faults in life and just you, you can't do that as an individual but you can be an example, and that's what I want to do. Secondly, I want to see uh, these projects uh, finished. So the you know the arena that's coming up, and then our rec center, especially that was you know kind of a baby of mine in my heart. And we reached out to the community, and it's one of the first projects ever in the city of Fishers. And I would I would deem a lot of places really in this nation where we went and sought resident feedback before we ever dreamed it up, before we ever built it and cre- and created it. Um, and then thirdly, I want to, you know, in these next few years is I want to continue to give back to our schools. Uh, I think they've been, on, you know, in the ups and downs of things. They've been through a lot, and I want to continue to. So I sub occasionally. I can't do it very often, but I love going to sub. Um, I, I learned never to uh, let let kindergartners cut use scissors for a project and turn my back on that. And Susie all of a sudden has her hair cut. Uh, but but um, I just I, I want to see those things through. I want to, you know, I want to help with our with our school system. I want to help with our uh, bringing people together in these in these opportunities. And I just want to also help people relationally come back together. Well, I was here in 2013 when the town of Fishers, and it was actually David George who was behind this, decided they wanted to take bids on trash collection. And uh, thankfully, I wasn't around for that, Larry. Pete Peterson was around. <laughs> yes, he and was. He was pretty clear how he felt about it. Uh, he said he's never been attacked like that in his life including up to now being on the city council. Scott Fadness was the town manager, and Mm -hmm. somebody called him a communist during that whole thing because he wanted to have one trash collection to save money for people. But David Giffel brought it up at a recent city council meeting, and that was when all the reaction happened. The mayor said, okay, I will lay it out for you as a city council at a work session, explain to you the steps that have to be taken. It's not a simple process. I remember what happened in 2013, but the pushback was was severe. I mean, people said, don't tell me how to get my trash collected. Mm-hmm. Now, things have changed a bit. We only have like two companies left collecting trash in the city of Fishers right now, and there are HOA contracts. There are a lot of complications to this. So I'm just curious. I mean, you're obviously wanting to hear more, 
But as you sit here right now, what is your view on this proposal to have the city contract for tax collection in the entire city? So I need to dig a lot more into this. So I wasn't involved in the first go round, and I would need to see a lot of things. Typically, I would say, if you just put aside the trash component, just anything, I'm someone who I don't want to add additional layers to government because I think it becomes – uh, potentially troublesome down the road managing things. So the, the, you get more people upset with you. You're managing more different things. You have to create more departments. and and so. But at the same time, on the other side of it, it's ridiculous that people are being priced all sorts of different ways and treated differently across the board. And then what happens is a monopoly comes in to play is I, feel, I, I fear that's headed that way that's when I think it is appropriate for government to say, now, wait a minute, you cannot gouge people and you not, cannot create a, a only one opportunity. And we're at two right now, as far as I know. Um, and you cannot create that where people don't have a choice. You know, based on the feedback I got, I couldn't believe the number of comments I received on my blog and on social media when that thing came out. But the other part of it is, uh, I, I was surprised. There was one fellow who made a comment, kind of r- related to what you was, were saying. I, 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 my electric bill is the same. I mean, I have the same rate I pay as a guy down the street or in the other neighborhood, but yet the trash collection isn't the same. Well, electricity is regulated by the state. <laughs> they decide how that's done. Trash collection is not regulated. Now, you can have whether that should or should not be regulated could be could be argued, but that's the difference, you know, because yeah. government does get involved. A private company provides the service with with regulation yes. by state yes. government. Mike, I you know, I grew up in Maine, and so uh, I grew up in the William Cohen years when he used to walk the state. Right? <laughs> if you're going to walk a state, Maine's not the state to walk. But he used to walk the state in his campaign, and and I think I first met you when you were walking through neighborhoods. And I think you kind of changed the political landscape in Fishers on the canvassing by foot. But tell me what you've learned canvassing by foot uh, through our community. What have you found out by doing that? I've learned, number one, social media is a lie. <laughs> That's not how people are, you know, face-to-face. Uh, number two... I find the real issues, the people that really like, hey, I'm I'm worried because my taxes are this, and we talk about the property tax, and they they you know they feel like uh, some people feel like we're raising taxes on them, and I'm I'm trying I'm explaining the process of actually we're we're lowering the rate, but you are paying more, and this is why based on assessed values and and going through that, and people love those explanations. I went to a door the other day, and a lady answered it, and she said, I just performed CPR on my husband the other day, and he didn't make it. And she just sat there and cried. And I was at her door for 15 minutes. She was from uh, uh, the opposite party that I am, and yet we had a wonderful conversation that had nothing to do with politics. People just want interaction. And I was worried going back out after COVID going door to door this time around. I felt like with everything heightened and maybe people would be more leery of answering the door or interaction. You know, I, I just didn't know what to expect. 
this time around, more people are engaged at the door than I ever have seen before. And a lot of it is people just want someone to talk to. And now I can't be a counseling service for every door. You, you know, <laughs> some days I need that, Larry. That's why I call Larry. It's Larry, I just need some counseling here. Uh, but, but um, you know, I, I just I feel like people want to be heard. They 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 want to someone to listen, and it really is not a lot about politics. It's about day to day life. And if we can get away from some of the stuff that creates the division and pushes, you know, what buttons we know to push, right? The red meat to throw out there for our political bases and actually get to know our, our neighbors, it will it will change a lot of things. And then the loud voices will go go away. Would you support a change in the state law allowing the city appointees to the Hamilton East Library? Yes. I uh, this was this was uh I couldn't believe the amount of toxic stuff that came my way, has come my family's way, that I have nothing to do with it. And you all, you know this, responding on social media to an outcry from people wanting you to respond on social media only creates more turmoil. And if we're going to get blamed for something, then I want I want a voice in it. I want a direct voice in it. And so I think yes, it would be something. Now, a year ago, when I thought this was was a big issue for us to to focus on, no, I, I wouldn't. But now that Pandora's box has been uh, opened and and we've gone down this path, uh, I I absolutely want a voice. And you know that. And we've talked before, and, and the political rancor is not my thing. I have always felt that no matter which side you're on, normally the loudest voices don't represent what I call the big middle. But the problem with the loudest voices is they almost always end up with the largest audiences. Mm-hmm. And so there's a counter – there's got to be some way to counter that. And I know you, you know you've experienced – that in your political career. But what do you think the best way is for someone in your position to kind of address these things without getting drug into the mud of a social media slinging of accusations back and forth? Yeah, so, I mean, how do you communicate? Well, so what I did, there was a lot of communication going on that wasn't put on social media. Mm-hmm. My voice was heard very loud. And um, and so the problem is to really get things done in life in a, in reality, when you put somebody on blast on social media, you you damage that relationship. Even if you don't agree with, you know what I mean. Even even if you don't agree with that side, I still want to keep a relationship right. because if you keep a relationship, you have more of an opportunity to create change and to have your voice heard. If you put somebody on blast on either part of this, uh, you damage that. They don't. They're not going to listen to you anymore. And so, what what I feel social media has done to damage us. Let's go back to our original point: is our, we've gone away from relational conversations to buzzwords, attack, run to my side, rally my troops, and go get ready and go after the other one, instead of. What I've done, and by the way, multiple people on the other side that are listening to this that would be on the Democratic side, 
know this to be true. I've had sit-down lunches and breakfasts with several people I've never posted about, I don't talk about. One breakfast went three and a half hours. And we were in so much of a better place after that. Didn't agree on specific policies, but we walked away, be able to hug each other, say, hey, sorry for this, sorry for that, and, and be able to move on. That's the way to get it done. But this does not – but feeding into the frenzy does not create change that you need to have. There was something unprecedented that happened recently, and that was a joint meeting of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, Fisher City Council. The mayor was there, and the council and the mayor it was a bipartisan situation. You're all supporting the referendum that's on the ballot in November. Explain why you are supporting that referendum. Number one, our schools are the reason why this community grew like it grew. The um, You can always go into a group of people wherever and find fault in things. You can always find something you disagree with. Uh, but what I can tell from a personal level is what the school system has done for my family, and it's been tremendous. Our kids uh, have gone from Hoosier Road Elementary as kindergartners all the way through the school system. And, you know, Josh, the, the oldest, started there and is a junior at Purdue. Uh, middle son, Eli, he's he's a senior at Fishers High School. Benji's a sophomore at Fishers High School. And absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, Teachers such as Mike Fossild, who have really poured into their lives, uh, are worth it and worth fighting for. And so I don't like when the schools get drugged into stuff. And uh, there's going to be differences, and it's okay to have difference of opinion, okay? But the bottom line is we've got to make sure we have strong, healthy schools, and that's why I'm supporting it. Well, we're about out of time here, so I try to give every candidate a minute or so, explain why. Voters should uh, vote for Todd Zimmerman for another four years as an at-large city councilman. Well, and I, I really appreciate this, and I thank the residents for taking the time to listen uh, and going out to vote. And whether you vote for me or somebody else, I ask you to please vote, uh, to uh, come together as a community, and to let's get past the divides and work to get to know your neighbor Um if you want me to continue to serve, I will be honored to serve. If you don't want me to continue to serve, that's fine. I, my identity is not in politics. It's not in a party. It's in who I am in the Lord and also what I do uh, you know, just as a family and, and in the community. So I'd appreciate your vote of support. Um, however, I just encourage everyone to get out to vote. Todd Zimmerman is currently an at-large member of the Fisher City Council looking for another term. His uh, name is on the ballot in the coming election in November. Todd Zimmerman, thank you for joining thank me today. He's excited uh, to see Mike yeah, here. This and, is great. And Mike, he wasn't didn't know Mike Fossil would be here. Mike, thank you again for uh, joining us. I enjoyed it.